0: Now it's time for Tennessee Wildcast, live from Studio B at the TWRA headquarters in Nashville. Here are your hosts, Doug and Jason. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. I'm Jason Harmon. Next to me here is Mr. Doug Markham, and we got a good show for you today. We sure do. It's going to be a a need-to-hear show. we got some good information that's going to be talking about our trout in Tennessee and... And uh, there's a little bit of a disease that's uh, hit some waters out in East Tennessee and we need to let y'all know about it.
1: We'll explain it. we got great trout fishing in Tennessee, not meant to scare anybody. We'll get to it in a minute. But just to keep them informed Mm -hmm. and we'll explain what that is hang with us for a few minutes it's a, it's about a disease called whirling disease
0: whirling disease and
1: we'll get to it in a minute and it's not chronic wasting disease no <laughs> it, it's not asian carp but it's something we got to be worried and about it's some. another invasive <clears throat> and we're, we'll get to our guest in just a minute too okay Yeah,
0: mr sent in we will
1: we'll, we'll get to brandon in just a minute um want to show them something real quick
0: yeah hold that up there i we'll do it as
1: best i can here there you go this is the new fishing guide it's out it's
0: or will be sort of out in your hands it's it arrived at the office today
1: yeah so it's going to be sent to all the regional offices which for y'all means everywhere middle east and west west and east all over the place Cumberland Plateau they'll be delivered this week and then the officers actually carry them everywhere so give the officers time to pick them up mm-hmm. one of many things that our wildlife officers do they do a ton of stuff that people don't know about and one of them's Mailman, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll get them delivered to you, and there's some good information in here to get you through this year. Not any tremendously big changes, but if you want to find changes, make sure you look in the uh, very early section of the. Of what the, page uh, is that? Page. that is page four. Page four. And I know it's silly to kind of show this far away, but page four, you will see here the information that uh, that this just shows you what the changes are in some your of the original new stuff. New
0: things yeah. that you might want to yeah uh, make sure you look at. Yep. So there you good have. looking cover. Yep. Shows a couple of fishermen out there. Out there in on a uh, sunrise. Is that a sunrise? Sunset? Sunrise. It could it's be either, of, I guess.
1: I think it's probably sunrise. Nice orange glow. Yeah, anyway. It's fishing, which is cool.
0: Hey, something's coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NWTF convention is yep. going on, and we've got a pretty cool display going to be out there next to the Bass Pro trailer.
1: We do. This is something that... I, it's not turkey. I mean, it's an NWTF. And there's a lot of deer discussion that goes on at NWTF. And mm-hmm. we also have something happening here, a, a national conference in a few weeks called the, the Southeastern Deer Study Group, yep. which you've been involved with, uh, helping them out with some stuff. And uh, this display, the really, really huge one is going to be at Bass Pro the, I mean, it next to the Bass Pro booth at the NWTF convention out at Opryland Hotel. Correct. And so it, there's going to be like sixty Tennessee deer out there that are monsters. If you don't think we have monster deer in Tennessee, stop by that booth. It's in the back of the of the main hall. Yeah,
0: back corner there.
1: Back mm-hmm. corner there, and Del Grand staff, Captain Dell Grand Staff has headed this up and collected these deer from all across the state. And I don't mean just middle Tennessee. I'm talking about west and east. You're going to be surprised at some of the deer that he has out there that are so impressive.
0: really unique is it's a, it's a cl- cluster buck display. Mm-hmm. So all the the deer that and the bucks that are similar to, to Stephen Tucker's deer that he killed a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. it's going to be... Uh, all the cluster bucks that have been harvested, or most of them, the ones that we we know of, killed in Tennessee, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, we were hoping to get a photograph today of the display. They're actually working on it as we mm-hmm. speak to you today, and we couldn't get it in time. But there's going to be the the cluster buck display, about a dozen deer, give or take, of these deer that have this genetic thing going with their with their antlers, and yeah, it's how the cluster. Everywhere. It's how Stephen Tucker's buck got so many points, mm-hmm. and and you'll see these other bucks. They're beautiful. It's just a different gnarly kind of looking antlers
0: yep. a set of racks and it's a pretty cool non-typical
1: yeah and then there's so. going to be a whole bunch of other deer with that and then that's a the southeastern they're just going to take the 13 deer i think or 14 so or i think they're going to have most of them out are there. they going to yeah
0: that's a big study oh, you're right actually you're we might co- have it backwards correct. i don't know anyway I, I might yeah check out the cluster bug display at nwtf this weekend and we,
1: that was awful nice to say that we might have it backwards because <laughs> it might be i may have it exactly just the opposite but you're also invited to go to the south.
0: The southeastern is open to the public. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's a registration fee, so if you want to attend, that's that you can you can pay that and attend and hear are these uh, biologists and these and these students and all these people across the state, these knowledgeable yeah. deer biologists talking about deer.
1: And it's the Millennium Maxwell House Millennium Hotel. Yes, in Nashville. And Tennessee. They'll be out there, and that we'll talk about that again before. But it's uh, it's first, 20, nineteenth through twenty one, I believe,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yep. so. It's a chance for you to go see these things. We'll be putting them on our Facebook. You'll be a, you'll have a chance to to look at them on our Facebook pages. But there's nothing like looking at them
0: mm-hmm. right there in person. Yeah, it's going to be neat to see. So, and I
1: want to remind everyone too, your hunting guide. Don't throw them in the garbage can because the uh, the turkey season, which isn't all that far away now, that's why we're NWTF is in town. Yep. it's a good sign that it's coming, and it has your hunting all your hunting information in it about turkeys too. So it's been in there for quite a while. I think most people know that now, but mm-hmm. just want to make sure. And I guess that's it, unless you got something else.
0: I don't think so. All right, let's hit on this uh, this whirling disease. Well, let's
1: introduce him from the top. Okay. Okay. All right. Our guest today is Brandon Simcox. He is the River and Streams Coordinator mm-hmm. for the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. Brandon, you have been on here before talking about winter trout and trout, and you're just a good fisherman in general. But um, you got some cool stuff going on with the winter trout still, but let's, let's talk about the whirling disease. Let's get that yep. out of the way, and when it's over, let's talk about what's left of the winter trout okay. stocking, okay? Yep. So first of all, tell us what your position is. What do you do in that?
2: So yeah, so I'm the statewide rivers and streams coordinator, so I really just, uh, I work with our regional uh, rivers and streams managers across the state within the regions, uh, coordinate trout stocking, things like that across the state, and uh, yeah.
1: Okay. That's a big job. Yeah. All right. Very big job. It's a fun job, right? It's it's great. It's it's fun. You know, the part of doing what you do, uh, Brandon, is not everything's always perfect out there. Uh, Critters are just like people. They get diseases, viruses, whatever. Mm -hmm. They get sick, too. Yeah. And, of course, when they get sick, they can't run off to the doctor like we can. So we just have to try to find ways to minimize it and to let the public know. And Mm -hmm. you need to let the public know something about something called whirling disease. What
2: is that? Right. So, yeah, I guess to, to back it up, uh, we just recently, um, from our annual monitoring that we do every year on our trout streams across the state, uh, had discovered uh, whirling disease in the South Holston and the Watauga tailwaters. Um, whirling disease is actually, it's a condition caused by a non-native uh, microscopic parasite. And so whirling disease um, impacts fish in the trout and salmon family, Um it, Uh, Once it infects a trout, it will um, attack the central nervous system of the trout and begin attacking the skeletal tissue and the cartilage um, of those fish. And it can cause... uh, deformations in the skull and the spine uh develop uh, a black tail like the picture that we that we got here are
1: we showing there there you go okay. um, this is on our website we'll talk about it in a minute too
2: can also uh cause problems with their equilibrium mm-hmm. and uh cause them to swim in a erratic uh circling or whirling motion where the uh the name of the disease really comes from mm. um so yeah so we uh through our sampling, we just got confirmation back from the samples that we sent off um, to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service that w- we indeed are positive now for Whirling Disease in the state.
1: How? Where is that? Uh, is that a? Is that on the scale of one to awful? I mean, Chronic Wasting Disease. We don't know that we have it in deer, but if we get it, it's terrible. What right. about Whirling Disease?
2: Well, Whirling Disease can have uh, it can really have different impacts depending on where you're at. Um, the disease has been, or the parasite that causes whirling disease has been in the US since about the 1950s. It was first discovered in, in Pennsylvania. It's native to Europe. In um, many parts of the US, it really hasn't had any major negative impacts. However, in, in uh, Colorado, Montana, they have seen actually very detrimental impacts to their trout populations. They saw a loss of up to uh, 90% of their trout population in, within this one stream uh, due wow. to the impacts of uh, whirling disease. Now over time, that was in the 90s, over time the system has started to rebound and the populations are continuing to grow back. Um, but it can have serious impacts um, on our trout populations.
1: Okay, we're going to ask you how, how it gets transported and all that, but where is it right now in Tennessee?
2: So it, right now we have confirmed uh, detections of it in the South Holston tailwater mm-hmm. and the Watauga tailwaters, both in east Tennessee, far east Tennessee.
1: So big numbers of it? or?
2: Well, that's that's kind of a, a hard question, I guess. So we sent off um, a, a certain number of samples to the Fish and Wildlife Service um, to Uh, for review and just about all those samples came back positive so there's I guess a difference between whether a fish is infected with the parasite and then a diseased fish and so a fish may be infected and not actually display the symptoms of whirling disease while a diseased fish you know, would have these some of these deformations.
1: Okay, got a lot of good questions. We're going to get to, but of course, the first thing coming to my mind that I go, let's go ahead and knock it out of the way is it dangerous to the angler who might want to eat one of these fish? It's
2: not at all. So, um, the this parasite actually requires two very specific hosts. It's uh, once it's introduced into the system, it uh, requires a a aquatic worm that lives in the sediment of most or all uh, streams, lakes, things like that. It's very common. It's, it's you know across the nation they're very common um and then so once it gets into uh that worm there it kind of multiplies and transforms into a spore is released into the water column and uh once it it has to come in contact with a trout um for it to be you know to continue on with its life cycle
1: okay so Mm -hmm. the water didn't get too many of these spores in here may not it may not spread so it could be it's not the fish and fish touching each other or right
2: right it's in the water it's in the water and
1: Yep. Okay, and apparently it likes cold water.
2: Right. Yep. It, like I said, it requires trout to, uh, um, to, you know, for part of its life cycle. So yeah, those and trout live in cold water, you know. System, okay. So. All
1: right. So how's it getting transported?
2: So I mean, it it can transport a few different ways. Uh, once in a system, it can be transported, you know, through natural kind of just transgression through the system from uh, distribution of water and fish movement around things like that. Uh, but it can also be transported um, through the movement of infected fish, um, through the movement of um, bait buckets, things like that. Uh, Water from, from, yep, yep. Uh, from those systems. Um, it can also be uh, moved around through uh, contact with your waders. So if you go and you're fishing in a stream uh, that has this uh, positive four whirling disease, you hop out, you have mud and things like that all over your boots. The spores can, you know, can get in your in your boots and your, uh, your uh, you know, different parts of your waders, waders things like yeah. that. Waders with all those different folds and yeah. yeah. And then you move to another water body, there's a good chance that you could be moving, um, you know, that non-native parasite into another water body. So it can move does, that
1: it, way. does it affect, all, is it just a rainbow trout issue?
2: So in Tennessee, uh, it can really, it can affect um, brown trout. Uh, rainbow trout, uh, brook trout, and then we have lake trout also. But each of these species really have different uh, susceptibility um, to infection, and then also different susceptibility um, to the symptoms of the infection. And so, uh, brown trout typically are what they call asymptomatic, which means that they make they get infected, but very rarely. Do they actually show the symptoms of of whirling disease? While rainbow trout are very highly susceptible to it and really succumb to to the infection.
1: So you're 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 wading down the middle of one of these tell waters and you and you see a fish. Is you, you're literally going to see. I mean, I know they come up a lot and dimple while they're eating. What are they going to look like when they're coming up?
2: Yeah, and it, it'll be just that though. Not all fish, but it, you know, if that certain um, condition is you know being impact, impacted, their equilibrium's off. You'll see them just kind of lackadaisically swimming in a circle um or you'll find them if you're an angler out there and you're catching them you'll you'll find them with these crooked backs like that or these really um compressed kind of deformed skulls things like that so
1: okay all right um do they live a, a relatively i might be asking you more than i should or do they live a relatively normal will they actually bite are they still feeding fish or are they dying fish
2: oh no for sure they will and you know a fish might not always die actually from directly from the infection or the the disease, but it, it it can make them more susceptible to uh predation. Um and maybe it can impact the way that they do feed. Um but it, it just really depends on, on the symptoms that they're showing.
1: Okay. And so you're sending these off for testing. Um are we talking about from the dam at these tailwaters, all the way down to to where
2: no we're sampling basically uh the distribution of the of the tail water so all the basically all the trout habitat within those certain areas
1: so, okay yeah. all right now of course if i'm a, there's other things that live in these cold water there's there's bass and crappie and mm-hmm. catfish and some of it mm-hmm. um can it be transferred to any of those no it
2: can't like i said it, it's got it it needs to uh it, it can only infect uh trout and salmon only, only and trout, trout salmon wow. yep. so okay. it's very specific
1: yeah i get the I the catfish and bass are happy about that <laughs> okay um what did what other concerns do you have about the about the populations what's going to do the wild trout populations
2: well i think that's really our one of our immediate concerns right now um most of our tailwaters are stocked and they're coming from from our hatcheries adult fish um, within our wild trout populations, though, this disease really um, can impact uh, younger year fish. So in the early stages of development, um, like you see on the on the picture right here, well, um, their well, skeletal yeah. tissue and all, and it is very still very soft. So they're uh, they can get it, it gets attacked and eaten. I guess a little bit easier than. Um, you know, an adult fish with a little bit harder skeletal tissue and
1: I know cartilage. it's the, the horrible the scenario, but what happens if this thing does go widespread? What do we do? What's the age? Of? Have y'all gotten that far yet, or are you just too early? To well,
2: it? so there is no known cure for uh, whirling disease. Once it's established, it it's here. Um, you know, there's no way to get get rid of it Uh, but we do have agency protocols that are in place Uh, we annually um, check our hatcheries uh, every year for whirling disease and other you know other things within the hatchery that could be causing problems and all of our hatcheries um, to date are still are clear we just want we want to make sure that we're not the one of the ones that are spreading uh, whirling disease around well
1: that's that and that's a great point what if somebody goes to one of these infected areas and decides they want to take trout out and Stock their favorite little small stream. That's got what happens there.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, we we you can't. We don't want you doing that. We don't want you moving <laughs> fish from don't from water fish. from water body to water body, <laughs> and live fish or dead fish too. Don't you know? Don't uh, um, catch a fish in one stream, take it over to your neighbor, you know, another stream over, and clean it and all that, and throw the fish parts in the. Could you, know, could
1: you literally just the fish parts? Just, it could spread yep. just off a of fish part. So yep. don't throw your carcass back into mm-hmm. any water body. Right. Take it out and exactly. take it with you. And if somebody catches a fish that looks like what we've been showing.
2: Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, you know, the big thing for us is just please let us know right now. We're taking all these, uh, you know, this is very serious for sure. And so we actually have a, a an email address set up. You can go on the website that is is on the webpage and it's a uh, twra.whirlingdisease@tn.gov uh take a picture of the fish uh, send us a location the picture and uh you know, we'll, we'll move on. Okay.
1: okay. And, and, of course, it's on our website. The, the, mm-hmm. That's a straight link to it. But if you if you can't get all that in, it's org, and it's under fish. You it's under, it under fisheries, fish yep.
2: And on the on the uh, right-hand side, I believe there's a management section, and uh, it's under there, so it, whirling it disease. It says
1: whirling disease, W-H-I-R-L-I-N-G, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Whirling disease. Okay, what else do they need to know about him?
2: Well, <clears throat> so, again, so, you know, now that the, that the disease is here, the biggest thing that we can do is really try to prevent the spread of it. And so really emphasizing uh, for um, us to really clean and drain any bait buckets, clean our gear, uh, dry our gear, anything like that. Um, if you're an angler and you're going out and you're fishing, you know, at the end of the day, you can go back home. Uh, if you plan on fishing the next day or fishing somewhere else, you can go home. Uh, you can use a 10% uh, bleach solution Uh, Just throw that in a bucket, fill the bucket up, and uh, put your waders in there, your boots, you know, uh, set it in there, That, that will kill the parasite. And once you're done, just spray your waders off and all that, and uh, you'll be ready to go. <laughs> or you can allow your waders to dry for about up to three days.
1: Kind of sounds like days. we're talking about zebra mussels again. It all, really is. All over.
2: And over. And these, and these protocols right here, I mean, it would be great to help stop the spread of any other aquatic nuisance species that we have, like Didymo and things like that. So
1: Okay, so take care of that. And, and this is the era of kayaks and, and of course, canoes mm-hmm. too. So clean the bottom of them off?
2: Yep, clean it off. Um, you know, now uh, – It'd be a good idea to maybe take a little brush out, things like that. When you get done, just kind of knock all the mud off, things like that. Um, if you have a little plastic spray bottle, you can put the bleach solution in there, kind of spray everything down. Let it let it soak. It needs about a ten minute contact time with that uh, bleach solution to. to Is that have, have
1: you put that on the website, or we, we'll get it on there? To yeah, how we'll to get we'll stuff? get more
2: of the specific stuff on there on how to clean. Uh, Properly clean your gear, but yeah, that will
1: go up. Okay. All right. Uh, All right, Brandon. Jason, you got anything else? No, I
0: think that's all good stuff. I mean, that clean, drain, dry, drip, dry, all that stuff. That Mm -hmm. applies to to just about anything as far as not. It really
1: really does. You've got a video out there, right? Yeah, we
0: cut some commercials and some PSAs with Michael Neal out of East Tennessee uh, talking about. Clean off your boat and, and that kind of thing, but not specific to whirling disease. But we'll we're going to be doing some of that. Hey, clean yeah. it up and you know, take care of all those things. And
2: then also, we actually um, through our Region Three crew out at Teleco, they had worked with the local high school there and had developed these uh, cleaning stations, and a few of those have actually gone out oh, okay. um, across the state. And so we'll work to get those locations up online too. Um, We Some of them are at fly shops. uh, One's there at the Teleco Fish Hatchery. So if you're up in, you know, fishing the Teleco River, some of those wild trout streams up in there, give a stop by. You can clean your waders off. Um, So that'll be, you know, it'll be a big help.
1: We'll be getting more out. You'll see if you go to our website regularly, you'll see it there. If you're not on our Facebook, you should be. Our Twitter feed, Mm -hmm. uh, Instagram feed, all that stuff. We're very involved in that now Mm -hmm. and putting fresh information out there every day. So if you're not there, Go there to get all this kind of information.
0: TMYlife.org.
1: TMYlife.org. And unless you got something else about this, I want to talk to you about winter trout for
2: a minute. Okay, yeah. Okay,
1: how's it going? It's good.
2: I've been, I mean, I've personally been going out and absolutely wearing the fish out. I've tried to put a a hurting on them for sure. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, fishing's been good. We've been going out, um, as I mentioned on maybe the last Wildcast that I was on, uh, we've been going and interviewing anglers and uh, talking to them, seeing how everything's going, what their perception is, and, yeah, anglers seem to be very happy. The fishing's been really good, and so yeah, it's been.
1: You caught any of those? Uh,
2: I have not magic I have not. ones in there. I've talked to a few of the guys out there that have have caught the albinos, that have caught the other big um, rainbow trout stalkers that have been put in there. But yeah, I haven't haven't been so fortunate. We went out
1: to Shelby Lake. Jason and I did the other. Shelby mm-hmm. Lake is a small lake in Middle Tennessee, and we watched them stock a couple in there. It was like, man, I don't want to go fishing now. Yeah, of course they, we couldn't that day, but they were impressive.
2: Yeah, they're wearing them out in there. That's one of the one of the ones we've been going to and talking to the anglers. And yeah, they're doing they're doing really well in there.
1: Okay, I want to cool. remind everyone, you go to the site and right, we've got it. We've got a, a tile or an icon right on the homepage that mm-hmm. says Winter Trout Stock, and you can go in there and click on it, and it takes you right to the page and. Um, Brandon, I'm assuming they're still updating the site if something has to be postponed and then they're rescheduled. Exactly. Because we're getting the time of year where the code's about to get out of here. Mm -hmm. And this stocking will go on through the rest of February and a little bit into March? A few places,
2: yep, into March. And then then we'll start uh, transferring over to our spring stocking schedule, which hits a lot of the streams.
1: And where will they find that spring stocking schedule? That's
2: also on the website um, under the... the trout information page and stocking schedule, and then you also can find it in the, in right the regulation yeah. guide.
1: Yep. Okay, so if you don't like to go to the website, it's right in our guide. And a little bit different there. We'll tell you exactly uh, where we're going to stock in the day of in the winter. In mm-hmm. the spring, we usually tell you the week of the week in the of. body of water. Right, right. correct. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, good fishing. And uh, what have you been using mostly for bait for these winter trout?
2: So I've been mainly using uh, trout magnets.
0: That's yeah, great bait. It's always great. itching for tips right
2: Yeah,
1: Always are, looking.
2: Uh, Yeah, I I mean, it's been really well. I've been fishing uh, Kingston Springs, one of the ponds, a little small pond over there, and then uh, below... The Percy Priest Dam on Stones River been doing really
1: well there. Those white bass aren't running yet. Over there. I haven't
2: caught any. No, okay. not if yet. If you do, will you tell me? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> if you don't, I'm going to say bad things. I've got some hot tips you. from some guys out yeah. there when I've been doing interviews talking about the crappie moving up in there below the dam, and so uh, man, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check that out in the spring. Okay, all right. <laughs> hey,
1: um, Jason, Jason wants to take him fishing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll go. Yeah, I'll go with
2: Brandon. <laughs> you, you want, catch a fish. You got anything else,
1: Jason?
0: I don't think so. Just uh, clean, drain, dry. That sounds like it's the most important thing with this whirling disease. It's just Don't constant. Don't move it. Don't move it around and, and uh, uh, keep and this it contained if you can. not
1: all, all of this is our natural resources. We all got to take responsibility for them yep. and try to help things happen, make work as best they can. And, you know, again, disease is just a fact of life. Right. Stuff.
2: Yep. Yeah, it's something that we'll be monitoring for sure moving forward. We'll be going out and we'll be sampling for whaling disease across the state now. So,
1: okay, you know, you're always welcome to come back and give us an update. Yeah, for sure. Whatever you need, okay. Mm
0: -hmm. All right, that's all I got. Thanks for watching this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Keep coming back. Thanks for for tuning in when you can and, and watching us on Facebook and YouTube and all those fun places. And don't forget our social medias. Uh, yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram—we're on all three, and the uh, website tnwildlife.org is yeah. the place.
1: Love your comment on Facebook. Just be nice, okay? Yeah, just, <laughs> just yeah, be, be nice. nice. Come on, everybody here's just trying to help
0: you out. Just trying to help you, the sportsman. All right, all right. have a better out uh, experience in outdoors. That's right. All right, we'll see you all next time on Tennessee Wildcast.